and welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host, Matt Solomon, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Tina Ball and David Litty. This podcast is brought to you by Hawking Dynamics, the world leader in innovative force plate technology. Hawking Dynamics takes a user-centric approach featuring a fully customizable cloud-based software that allows users to easily digest and analyze complex force plate data. The technology is constantly evolving, much like an app update for your iPhone. They communicate with users on a daily basis to make their system better. In addition to all of that, they also offer some of the most competitive prices for bilateral force plates on the market. And they're the only force plate company offering a completely wireless system. So, if you want to find out more, check out their easy intro to force plate section at www.hawkingdynamics.com forward slash blog. So, without further ado, it's time to welcome David and Tina onto the show. So, Tina and David, welcome to the Science Support Podcast. It's great to have you here. Good to be here. Thank you for having us. It's an absolute pleasure. So, can you guys give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you've been up to until now? And we'll start with uh, Tina. Right. So, I have a very varied background. It's in education and also classical parties, master trainer, Commonwealth Games coach 2010, 2014 and 2018 with gold medalist uh, David Litty. Been to a number of world championships now, 2015 right through to 2019 and very passionate about the sport and loving it. Absolutely fantastic. And David, can you uh, add on to that? My name is David Litty. I am an Olympic weightlifter representing New Zealand. I've dabbled with weightlifting since 2009. Um, just playing around a bit all the way through to 2014. Have been competitive from 2015 up to now. I have been to Junior Worlds 2016 and Senior Worlds 2017, 18 and 19. I'm a Commonwealth Gold Medalist in 2018 and I'm hoping to go Tokyo 2020 next year. Absolutely fantastic. So let's crack on with the podcast. So we're going to discuss how you guys have overcome COVID-19 lockdown obstacles. Um, can you describe to us what the effects of the lockdown period have been on you guys? So maybe we can go to, to Tina first and say what, what's happened during lockdown, which has been uh, the obstacles for you. Fortunately for us, we had a day's warning to be prepared that we were going into lockdown and isolation. So we managed to bring some weightlifting gear home and we were able to train so we could train in the garage but most of the time we trained outside on the street because David's too tall and we couldn't get any overhead movements in in inside the garage so I guess for us it was a little bit like different but we were able to train and I think that helped to keep some sanity. I can imagine and David how, how was that for you how did you experience it? Oh, it's definitely something weird. Um, never in my life, you know, in my 24 years of life, have um, I've known or come across any pandemic this um, big. And, um, but yeah, like Tina said, like we were, we were able to, to get a day of notice and to get, you know, uh, some sort of um, weight and equipment to to trade with at home um and yeah that was kind of fun too because 
uh, I got to train by myself and <laughs> really, you know. And in, in um, the sense of uh, of training at home, so you, you trained out on the street. Um, was that was that kind of a different experience? Did that give you a different kind of energy to lift, or was that uh, maybe demotivating? Yeah, I was definitely. You know, like you had to make your own um, atmosphere. You know, uh, I know it's kind of cool because then you get like kids uh, walking around and you know coming around to support and some of the neighbors or some of the um, people from the other streets come down and watch. And um, yeah, for me it was it was fun. Um, a whole lot of learning um, for you know uh, self motivation and all that kind of stuff. It was never never demoting myself. It was just a weird time to you know training for something that isn't set. Um, but yeah, it was good fun. Yeah, that, that's that's gonna be one of the one of the questions in a minute about how uh, how you've managed to to keep motivated during uh, not having any uh, set goals, but. Um, are there any other ways that, that uh, Tina, you've adapted this training? So you've you've come home effectively. You've gone out of a garage or outside. Is there any other ways that you've had to adapt to the training that you've uh, you've provided? Yes, yes, there was because heading into it, I thought, oh great, we're going to be able to do double days. We're going to be able to do this. We're going to be able to do that. And I very soon found that, oh, actually, what's the point of the double days? The squad, some of my other lifters um, who had equipment at home were struggling with motivation too. So we started to use Zoom, like I think a lot of people did. And we'd have Zoom sessions. And I think the, the thing that I found the most exciting as a coach, and David will give his perspective, was we called them our COVID Fridays. And the athletes would choose what exercise we were going to compete. So it might have been a snatch balance, um, a push press, something like that, and they'd all try to outdo do us. And David did some really big lifts, and so did some of the others on that Friday, and it got that competitive edge and a little bit of atmosphere and some banter going. So that was that, that worked really well. Oh, excellent! I think that's uh, that's a really cool idea as well to have like a weekly competition and uh, and try and get some guys to max out or at least yeah improve that um, that motivation desire to hit some some heavier weights. Um, David, how did you uh, how did you find that? Oh, it was fun. Um, as much as I do like training by myself, um, it was nice to you know see other faces and talk shit to other people. Um, <laughs> You know, you know, like tell them that I was gonna beat them and everything. And every, you know, every week, every weekend was um never a promise because you know, you, I'm not, I don't always do the exercises that everyone um picks. So some, even like a snatch balance, that was my first time for me. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, it was, it was uh yeah, it was fun. Um, getting to do new things, uh, you know, a bit of uh. Cooking, the, you know, but <laughs> doing new things that they they would learn how to do and stuff like that. Um, and how many times did you oh, win? That was cool. Uh, never. I, I don't think I won anything. Oh, mate. Y- yes, you did. <laughs> you won two of them. <laughs> uh, uh, <there> you <laughs> but you didn't count them. This podcast is also brought to you by Flex. Flex is the latest product to enter the velocity-based training market, developed by the team at Gymwear. 
Flex is the only laser-based training system available, and it's this unique technology that makes Flex the most accurate and reliable barbell tracking product in the sub-500 US dollar category. It's wireless, portable, and it's super user-friendly. Find out why VBT is such a powerful training method and what separates Flex from the competition at flexstronger.com. Um, so, so you mentioned uh, that you uh, that you didn't go for two a days. Um, can you can you tell us why you decided not to go for those? I just found uh, that the motivation wasn't there, and also we were looking to work on strengthening uh, David's shoulders, and uh, we needed. It's just the motivation, really, you know, to have that opportunity just to chill and do other things. It was enough to uh, get yourself out there for one solid training session and make that quality. Yeah, yeah. And I can imagine with all the other stresses uh, surrounding the scenario and the situation, um, mm. getting to adapt to that one stimulus is probably difficult enough, let alone throwing a second one in there um, and yeah. having large degrees of uncertainty as well. Mm. So with that with that uncertainty, you you had no uh, tournaments or competitions on the planning. Um, how do you periodize towards not having any competition? How does that work for you guys? Well, for me, uh, I you know we have to be flexible and adaptable. We tell our athletes they have to be that all the time so this is a time where coaches have to be as well and you have to be prepared to massage your program to I guess the bigger picture so most coaches are used to doing um, four-year plans anyway and you can't lose sight of that I think the trap is that you don't want to end up marking time because you've got nothing to work towards so so that gave my program uh, programming, I guess, the focusing we need. So strengthening around his, around his shoulders, working on some speed with some other elements, um, doing a little bit of strongman stuff. We made sure we brought home the farmer's walks so that we could, um, you know, change out the program a little bit. We also had um, the, the knowledge that from a national perspective that we were going to be able to compete on a national level towards the end of the year. And we've just come through our North and South Islands, which was done as a postal. And then we just participated yesterday in the Pan Am Cup live. So we've had, we've been fortunate to have some little milestones heading towards obviously our, our biggest planning, which is uh, the Olympics next year. And David, how's that been for you um, with uh, a few events being scheduled kind of maybe uh, like ad hoc? So just along the way, or yeah, we can we can get this one because that one's been scheduled. How's that been in terms of your uh, training and motivation? Uh, I think for me, it's just, it's just normal. Um, at least we, we get something to, to do and look forward to. And um. Yeah, I guess it just gives me a, a target to to go heavier, you know, like a competition to go heavier, and just wait and see until whatever happens and whenever um, international competitions will appear or stuff like that. It's, 
So you're just in a, in a constant state of readiness. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like Tuna's always just left me ready. Um, so I don't I don't fuss or anything about it. <laughs> I just wait and I get told to lift, and I guess I'm tapering to lift. <laughs> <laughs> what an athlete! It sounds like you've got a perfect uh, situation there, Tina. It sounds uh, super easy. The, some of the athletes I work with are far more difficult than that. Oh, trust me. <laughs> He's full of shit sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. But, uh... <laughs> um, so, David, how about um, how about the uh, mental uncertainty? Um, is is there anything towards the Olympics uh, that plays into how you how you approach that? So, on the short term. Everything, uh, everything is under control. And then um, looking longer term towards the Olympics, um, how does that look for you? Uh, the postponement for me um, was a good thing. Um, I think it would, it would give me more time to prepare um, mentally and physically as well. Um, and especially if I do make it, it'll be my first Olympics. And, like, you know, getting more time for it. Um, it's always a good feeling to, you know, try and do better. It's just like taking an exam. Um, you got an exam due tomorrow and they say, Oh, we'll give you a week's, uh, week extension. It's kind of like that feeling. Um, I just get more time to work on it and, uh, come out ready next year. Yeah. I think, um, the closer, the closer it gets, um, I'm actually getting really excited about it. And I think it's about 365. 50 something days until Olympics um, yeah, it's, it's exciting almost just a year excellent nice no, I'm glad to hear you're excited about it as well because obviously a lot of athletes would have uh, would have had a lot of problems with uh, that delay and I think you probably got yeah, uh, age yeah. on your side as well right so if you you say yeah I'm 24 and I can I can still make <laughs> loads of progression in that time that's also super yeah, useful yeah. right yeah um, I found that a lot of people were saying um, that the postponement was uh, pretty stupid just because, you know, um, it might be their last year of lifting or it might be wrong timing for next year, stuff like that. But, you know, for us weightlifters, you can't um, you can't be worrying about other people when you're trying to beat them. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the the weight stays the same. And, yeah, it, yeah of course, it's yeah. disappointing if uh, if you're maybe – 30 to 40 years old and uh retirement's just around the corner of, of course but yeah at the end of the day you can't do anything yeah. about it right this will probably or hopefully at least happen once in our lifetimes and we won't have to deal with it again yeah hopefully fingers crossed <laughs> fingers crossed absolutely um so for you guys in terms of giving a message uh to coaches listening um what do you think is the one thing that you guys can teach uh, our listeners in terms of insights or things that you do which are unique compared to others? Oh, that's a big question because I'm not familiar. <laughs> I'm not that familiar with um, what others do. I, but I did, I thought about it and I, I thought, you know, we're about creating our own energy and our own environment within our, within our club space and, 
Uh, often what we do is ha what we have uh, called Fun Fast Fridays, um, normally obviously in a, in a competition cycle or competition block, and we'll do things like split people up and we'll have platform versus platform, girls versus boys, no misses, shortest time to a target. And my experience over time has been that, first of all, I'm really grateful that my athletes buy into this and because we do some really silly things. Uh, but it takes their mind off the number. And some of the biggest successes that they've had in training are on these Fridays, which, as you know, gives them the confidence then to do on the platform and perhaps even further when they're uh, fresher and uh, have that competition excitement around them. So I, I don't know if that's what other people do, but we've we've had a lot of success with that. I think uh, you probably find a lot of people won't do that. I, I certainly don't, and it's certainly <laughs> something that I can steal from you. So I, uh, I really appreciate you sharing that one with us. And, uh, and David, is there anything that in particular that you want to give as a, as a message or you think that people can learn? Uh, for me, I think, um, especially for the coaches um, listening, uh, when you do find talent, take it. Because um, for, for mine and Tina's story is that if I didn't train in the gym for free, if I didn't come and compete for free, um, I would have never uh, stuck with weightlifting. And I, I know I, I watched um, Mike Tyson's podcast and he said the same thing too. He was a troubled kid, um, and he was saying that if his coach never trained him, let him train for free and compete for free, um, he would never have uh, gone through with doing boxing. And look at him, he, he became a champion at 20 years old. Um, and for me, I, I became a, a, a Commonwealth champion at 21. Um, and, you know, when, you, when the coaches do find talent, take it, um, grasp onto it, and, and help them be better. Because I know a lot of coaches have become coach to for a whole different reasons, for a whole lot of different reasons. Um, and I think if they stay true, stay true to what their beliefs and morals and reasons why they became a coach, um, they will find you know they're perfect athlete. Absolutely. And for fantastic. athletes, just keep on going, keep on doing what you're doing. You know, nobody earns winning, um, and yeah. Go out there and beat the living shit out of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a fantastic way to finish a podcast. So, uh, David and Tina, massive thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Thank Matthew. you so much. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to David and Tina for all of their hard work on today's podcast. I really enjoyed it, and I hope you did at home too. Before you leave, I want to point you in the direction of our Science and Sport Coach Academy, and that is a series of mini courses on all things sports science so that ranges from aerobic conditioning hamstring rehab all the way through to testing on zero budget and if you're interested in those kind of topics be sure to check out the show notes where you can get a seven day free trial of specific interest to this podcast is probably the post activation potentiation module because if you want to lift anything like what david does you're going to need all the help you can get so if you're interested in producing more power be sure to check out that pap course in the coaches academy and again, there's a seven-day free trial for you just waiting in the show notes. So just a few seconds time, click that one, take your seven days for free, and make sure you're upskilling as a coach. 
And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to me. I'm Matt Salon for Science of Sport, and I'll speak to you next time. <laughs>